The Bad and Ambitious Podcast is an unfiltered and authentic podcast where I will be discussing topics relating to self-improvement, finance, and relationships. I'm redefining what a bad bitch is, and I'm giving you the tools to be your most well-rounded and confident self. Follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For up-to-date information and motivational content, follow my Instagram at the Bad and Ambitious Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello baddies, welcome back to the Bad and Ambitious podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about quiet quitting and doing what makes you happy with guest Paige West. She is a content creator and business and marketing consultant who quit her 9 to 5 corporate job in 2021 to join the creator economy. She has been documenting her journey on YouTube by transparently sharing all her mental struggles, emotional challenges, and financial scares since quitting and transitioning to full-time entrepreneurship. Hey, Paige, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good. So I always start out by asking people, what is your definition of a bad bitch? Oh, okay. So I would say for me, it's really just about being true to myself. Uh, Overall, I know it's something I've struggled with a lot. And I definitely feel like it's hard for me to uh like relate to this concept of like a bad bitch i don't know why (laughs) but i think it's just because i always have been like a people pleaser and so i've always felt kind of like the opposite of that um but as i've learned to figure out like what i want in my life and staying true to that and doing things for myself and you know just trying to achieve my own goals i feel like it's really helped me step into that and more of that identity and not this like constant people pleasing, like good girl vibe. Um, So that's what I would say. And I think it's definitely a much easier way to live once you get to that point, but it's hard to get there. Yeah. A lot of people definitely do say it's like something that you step into. I would say that it's something that's kind of already within a lot of people. They just need to find it. And like you said, like be more confident in who they are and just let the world know that you're that bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like an <energy>. exactly. <laughs> I love that. So I always also start off with saying how we met. So Julie, you were her babysitter for her kids and she is my <laughs> mentor and we're pretty close. So it's pretty cool to connect with a lot of people through mutual friends and mutual interests, which is also part of being a bad bitch is like when you know a bad bitch, there's more bad bitches. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, definitely. I know it's so funny just all the connections that I've made since me and Julie reconnected now that like I'm an adult and not in high school and like viewing her as my boss. It's it's just been so cool. So I'm I'm so glad that she introduced us and we're able to to chat and do this episode. I'm super excited. Yeah. So you have a pretty interesting story. Let's talk about how you ended up on CNN, why you quit your job, what you do, and your YouTube channel and all that. Yeah. So where do I start? Um, Basically, uh, back in the summer of 2021, so it's almost been two years now, I was working an engineering job in Washington, D.C. It was a corporate job, and I was, you know, doing that after college and just really did not like it. Uh, when I'd gone into engineering, I realized that I, going back to kind of the, the bad bitch concept and stepping into what I want to do with my life, I was really going into that field for reasons outside of what I wanted to do. Um, and when those reasons were no longer necessary in my life, I realized I was in this path that I consistently was unhappy in and just hated. Um, so I had to figure out what I wanted to do with that information, which was a huge shift. So for probably like six months, I, what I now realized was called quiet quitting, where I was working on my YouTube channel outside of my nine to five. And I had started doing coaching for free just to try that out to see if I liked that. And just thinking about other ways I could make money. I had invested in a camera, invested in an online course, learning about how to basically market yourself on social media and build a business that way. And through all of that experience, I realized that, you know, I really wanted to step into that. And the longer I stayed in my nine to five job, just the worse I felt about myself. And like, I was constantly just getting less and less confident in my ability to do anything about it. And so I had planned to basically save up a good chunk of money before I quit. 
so I would have like a good runway but I was like you know what screw it I can make money other ways even if I'm literally doing pet sitting and Instacart shopping which is what I did right after I quit my job and I just quit gave them a two weeks notice or three weeks I can't even remember how long now but it was like I'm done I have to I have to leave I'm like not mentally okay if I stay here I'm not going to be okay and I just quit and then I started focusing on my YouTube channel more and the first video I made after I left my job was saying I quit my nine to five corporate job and I made that video and that video was one of my best performing videos I'd had in like a few years and was actually what pushed my channel to get monetized. So I was like, okay, that's a sign that I'm doing the right thing. Got to continue down this path. Um, so that led to me just making more content about my journey, leaving my job, eventually talking about quiet quitting about maybe nine months after I quit my job, after I found out about the concept and was like, wait, that's what I had done before I quit. And I made a video on that, which then, you know, when the trend got picked up by a lot of the news channels, I ended up um, being interviewed for an article in the Huffington Post, which led to a segment where I was recorded for an interview on Good Morning America. And then that eventually led to the live CNN interview which was the scariest thing of my whole life, but very amazing at the same time. So that's kind of how all of that came to be. Um, and yeah, now I'm just continuing to do YouTube and growing my YouTube channel more and more as time passes and freelancing full time, which now I'm actually trying to cut that back a bit more so I can focus more on my brand and business because I got very into the freelancing world and found that it's very easy to get lost in there just like I did in my corporate job. So I'm kind of reshifting that focus and trying to balance that out, which is something I didn't have the ability to do while working in a corporate job, being able to kind of like, you know, work 30 hours a week and then do 10 hours on my business or 20 hours and 20 hours. So that's been amazing. And I'm just kind of working through that shift in transition now. So that's really cool. I saw the video, the CNN, and I saw that they kind of try to make it seem like it was a bad thing and that <laughs> yeah. our generation is trash and like, we don't want to work and stuff. But I did look through the comments. I love looking at like YouTube comments and stuff for like anything or like comments on Instagram just to see like what people think about certain things. And mm -hmm. most, I don't think I saw a negative comment on your CNN video, but a lot of people were saying that they were older and like they completely agree. And jobs back then weren't the same as they are now. Back then there was more loyalty from the employee and the employer because there was a mutual benefit. But now I feel like employees are dispensable and not treated with much respect or they're just kind of abused for their hours and their time. And it's just the things are changing. And in some ways, it's getting better. Because I think after the pandemic, a lot of people, they realize that different things mattered than just working and sacrificing so much. And mm -hmm. this like old mentality where it's like, I had to, like, not see my kids. And like, when my child was born I was like at work because like I'm dedicated but at the end of the day it's like <laughs> does that matter like your kid your kid's birthdays like come around once in their lifetime you know what I mean mm -hmm. or yeah. family time mental health and so basically quiet quitting how do you define it is it like you're just kind of slowly packing things up yeah, so I think that there's kind of two main definitions that get kind of tossed around. I would say the overall definition and how I would define it is basically doing the requirements of your job, but not going above and beyond specifically for that job, not, you know, pushing yourself to pass that 100% mark, basically, but still doing the job, you know, you're still meeting the requirements, you're still getting your tasks done, all of that. And I 1000% agree with that definition. That's basically at the end of the day is is what it is, you're doing that, but you're not trying any harder than that. Um, but to me, why I, you know, then people get into this concept of like, well, why are we calling it quiet quitting, then that makes it sound like it's like this bad thing. Um, and not many people talk about what happens after you quiet quit. And, you know, some people I think are capable of doing this concept of quiet quitting of just, you know, putting in just the basically bare minimum that they can to stay at the job, but like still meeting the requirements of it, and continue that indefinitely. I personally think that 
there's kind of a point or a breaking point where you either need to like find a different job um, to kind of refresh and reset or, you know, quit that job and do something completely different. And not to say that, you know, you want to be working 24 seven or be like so into your job that that's all you think about. But for me, what I found is the longer I was quiet quitting or just, you know, not going above and beyond quote unquote and just like doing the job, the unhappier I felt in the job, I just felt very like disconnected from it. Um, and I think because I was really unaligned with that path and that career, it made me feel pretty depressed outside of the job. So now I wasn't even putting effort into the job. And then after work, I still felt drained. And it just felt like this like vicious cycle that I was in where I couldn't really figure out what to do with it then. But I think what it's really helping people see is that there's other ways to make money and it doesn't have to be this typical nine to five structure where you're, you know, trying to climb the corporate ladder and working, you know, crazy hours or going above and beyond or trying to compete with your coworkers. You can just work the job if you want to just work the job. And if that works for you, then wonderful. Or you can go find other ways to make money and, you know, not work the typical nine to five structure if you don't find that interesting and you're not, you know, excited about the concept of, you know, trying to work up into a bit better role that pays more, whatever that looks like. There's kind of like a, a middle ground there. That's, that's what I would define it as. But again, everyone has different definitions from what I've heard. And they're all like a little bit right, because it's really just a concept that was made up and, you know, all touted on TikTok all the time. So <laughs> yeah, for me, I think jobs, if unless you're like really trying to stay at a specific company, it might be your dream job, whatever you see yourself elevating into multiple positions, maybe one day at that specific company, you want to be a principal or whatever. That's cool. Like dedicate your time to, you know, growing in that company. But I've noticed that people who have stayed late would come in on weekends and I am in architecture. Those mm -hmm. people were never appreciated at all. Yeah. And I think too, like another component that I saw during the pandemic for myself was that when all the other pieces of the job were stripped away, it was really clear to me that like there was nothing distracting from the job, right? Like they didn't have the pizza parties and going out to get beer on Friday or, you know, leaving early or, you know, company lunches or traveling to other offices in other states like none of the stuff that sounds exciting when you're in college trying to do the job search that they hype up of like oh all the benefits and extra components to the job all that was gone so it was like okay well if i don't have any of this and i'm miserable then i should definitely leave because once all this starts back up it's going to be easy for me to just ignore it and be like oh it's okay there's these other great pieces about it but when i was just home all day 24 7 and realized how miserable i was and how it was also like affecting my marriage too i had just gotten married and we're living together and it's like i just wasn't happy all the time and afterwards i would be unhappy and i see now the difference of you know how busy life is when you're not just working at you know, from home all the time and I'm running around more and freelancing and I'm super busy and working more than I was working at my nine to five job. And if you're not happy in the small windows of time you have outside of work, like if you're just drained from what you just did all day, like you're not fun to be around, you know, it's hard to have relationships, whether friendship, you know, or actual marriage or whatever. It's hard to have any of that when you're just miserable most of your day because you're at a job that you hate. So I think that's for me, it was just so obvious that like this was just not the right path for me and I had to get out of it now before it just, you know, got worse or I got more distracted and let it go on any longer than it already was. Yeah, exactly. And for me, I took a little time off before I'm starting my next job and I went to Columbia, but I've had this week off and I've been more busy than ever, even though I'm not working per se, like I do have a side job and I... I'm involved in two organizations and I was the other day I was like on a call at 7:30 in the morning for this one volunteer thing and then I was doing so many things but it just feels so nice to like not have to do like much or like show up I'm still doing things yeah. in the way but like not to show up and just be in the flesh like in person at a job where like I'm still getting stuff done like I feel more productive and just going on like trips and stuff I don't know I just for me I love travel and like that's where I want to spend my my time but mm -hmm. if, I was thinking like even if I was working right now I'm going to Egypt tomorrow actually and I was like how the fuck would I've gotten all this shit done like I have to do laundry pack and stuff like that 
and just like having a nine to five just like gets in the way <laughs> it sounds like yeah. it sounds like so like first world problems but we don't have enough time to do shit like even working nine to six you get home it's already to me already late because I go to the gym in the mornings before work right. so my bedtime's like nine thirty ten. 10 right you have three hours to get shit done and do social things or hang out with your friends or whatever like professional events and it's just this is not the life to live (laughs) right no exactly yeah when you add it all together it really takes up such a huge chunk of your week and there's not a lot of time for the other components or the things that you want to focus on that are even hobbies you know once you fit in your job extracurriculars spending time with family and friends if you're in a relationship on top of that trying to keep up with your health go to the gym actually eat healthy it's like what else is there like now you're barely sleeping already (laughs) I know and just even I can't even imagine like having kids on top of that but it's like fuck like if that's how life is gonna be you don't really even see your kids let's say what you go to work nine to six and it really takes you like maybe what 30 minutes to get to work whatever you don't see your kids all day. You see your man and your kids for like a few hours a day. Yeah, definitely no. not it. Yeah, definitely not it. I, I definitely have heard from different people in my life who have had kids just that struggle of working like a full-time job and having children and like how little they really get to spend time with their kids. And I, I hate it for them. It makes me so sad. And that was another huge motivation for me of knowing that I didn't want to be going into an office every day for nine hours, you know, plus commute to then spend a few hours with my child at the end of the day. You know, like I wanted to build a life like we're at a point in in our society where we have the ability to build a life and build a income around something that is not just a nine to five job where you don't have to go into an office and do that. And not to say it's easy or simple to do it, but it's possible. So if it's something that's possible, like, that's what I want to work towards. Exactly. And that's the point. So we're trying to promote flexibility for yourself and choosing a different path. Because a lot of people would say, like, oh, my God, no, it's not that easy, whatever. But it is possible. And you're here to talk about it. And you've already experienced both sides. There's other ways to make money. And if it's something that you care about, and ultimately, And money isn't everything. It is definitely, it can make you happy 100%. Like you couldn't do a lot of things if it wasn't for money. But knowing when it's time to quit your job and maybe just even take a break because especially if you do have a credibility, you have a degree, you have experience, you can always go back to the other, like the corporate world. Right. But sometimes you just break. So let's talk about the signs that you should quit because I, TBH, I was depressed in November and I did talk about this in one of my other episodes I was like feeling like I wanted to move and I would go to work and I'd be crying at work like for real for real to be very vulnerable I was upset often um and I just felt like no one even noticed not that I'm like doing it for attention definitely not that would have been very embarrassing but it's like (laughs) I was like hurting inside I was showing up to work or whatever but like no one knew that I was going through it yeah and I was like burnt out from studying for my exams I was just like not okay but then in the end I got another job offer and now I'm like gonna move to another city so what are your signs of you need to change just in general like in life yeah I mean definitely the the crying component I like the month before I quit I cried on like multiple calls with my mentor and I was like this is this is not good (laughs) like if I'm if I'm breaking down in these calls there's obviously something seriously wrong and we're not able to find a solution so that's to me already red flag number one so definitely the crying component and just you know when you feel like you just don't have that that like the floodgates are opening type of feeling like when that's happening that's that's definitely a piece of it Um, For me, it was like a lot of physical health pieces. Like I found that I was so like I was trying and and that's probably why I would break down and cry in like a call with my mentor. I was trying so hard to ignore all the like the mental emotional side of it that it started just coming out when I didn't want it to or coming out with physical symptoms like I was not sleeping at all. I was constantly getting sick. My hair was falling out. I was dealing with so many physical symptoms that 
like it, it was just apparent something is wrong but you know luckily i already knew i was unhappy in the job so it was pretty obvious to me that that was the cause of it and it wasn't anything else serious but you know that component which at the end of the day are just like your symptoms of burnout too like being overstressed and burnt out um, not being able to sleep. I mean, I was drinking like a ton of caffeine every day just to get through the day, but then I would have trouble sleeping at night. So then I would take sleeping pills to actually sleep, but then I'm not getting good sleep. It's like, it was this vicious cycle that I was in and I knew something had to change with that. And I think that's like the, that is for anything, whether it's your job or a relationship or just whatever phase you're at in your life or a city you live in. I mean, even after I quit my job, like six months later, I started realizing we just had to leave DC. Like we stayed in DC for at least maybe nine months actually after I quit, which was very challenging because my, my paycheck was really what was paying the, the crazy rent in DC. But mm-hmm. I we made it through to the end of the lease and we we're able to pay all of the rent. But I just knew we had to go. Like I knew it was time to leave there as well. And it wasn't as extreme as my job, the same feeling, but you know, I had those similar symptoms of just feeling, you know, like stressed at night where I just like have this like tension in my body, like something has to change. I mean, that's what I've been experiencing lately personally, like with freelancing and how much work I had been doing, I started realizing, whoa, like I'm getting a lot of tension in my body. I've started to get headaches. Like I'm having physical symptoms again, like something needs to change again. Like I need to sit down and think about this and figure out what I need to change, Um, which started with realizing I had a client that I just needed to let go of and transition out of working with. And then now realizing that I need to create more time to build my brand and business so I can build sustainable income streams and a business that's actually repeatable, not just me working time for money with freelance clients. So, you know, it, it's those types of things that I notice in myself that make it apparent to me that something has to change. Um, as well as like irritability is another one, like from getting just angry at stupid things more often. Like that's usually a sign that something's off. Um, but yeah, what else have you experienced when you realize you needed to leave your job? I had my first job ever. I did talk about this in another episode that I really did like it for the longest time until I didn't, which was I was an intern for, I think, three years. And I worked after I graduated two years. I think it was different. Being an intern was fine and dandy. But I think when it was just a lot of the women who worked in that company, like hated each other. They worked together for 25 years. This one lady would talk down to everyone And it was disgusting and not necessary. They would talk down to to the receptionist and in front of her, like talking shit about her behind her back. But she was like really close. She could hear. And it was just a lot of and I started eating lunch in my car. And Mm. it's so fucking hot that like my phone in the car would like um, overheat. Mm. And it was just like so fucking bad and I was waiting for one of my tests to happen it was like one of the first few I was taking and I was like already thinking to leave the company but on my own terms but I was waiting for this test randomly I got fired on the Friday before my test well like people say I'm, I say I got fired I got laid off we didn't have work like the past two weeks before that mm. but for me I got fired obviously I feel like it's the same thing but right um I they gave me two weeks notice but so I did show up to work. Um, thank God I also had taken like vacation days during that time. And also the building was being tented coincidentally. So like I was getting paid even though I wasn't working. It was really weirdly alignment of things, but <laughs> it was just not okay. And like I ended up getting surgery for something randomly, which I don't know if it was, it could have just been like negativity from like work and shit. And just like, even though you're not being like the victim of like people talking shit about you, even though you're around that energy it can still affect you right because when you're the kind of person that does not uh, like is not okay with injustices and stuff like it still affects you because you feel like you can't say anything you can't defend anyone because then you know and at yeah. the time very young so I was very quiet like now I'm not fucking quiet like me telling these people at my last job the exit interview like all the shit that they have not been doing that's okay like even having talking down to people and having an attitude telling this is like very I don't know hopefully these people don't listen I don't think they'll listen to me. <laughs> but I told this lady who is my boss's wife that people have an attitude in the office and it's not okay I was also kind of speaking about her and it's her husband so it's like honestly 
props to me because my little self yeah. back then would have never ever had the balls to like confront them or anyone yeah. that have been going wrong and months and months before I specifically spoke to her about people being talked down to and I said we have an intern here and she's very young and she probably thinks this is normal and I don't think this is normal or necessary you don't have to talk down to people to get shit done and right. I have grown a lot through like job situations because I think as you get older and as you mature you kind of don't really you're not as scared to speak up and there's less to really lose um and I the last job I had I don't hate it but it was just little things that I don't think they're they're okay and the more no one says anything about it the more it's going to become normal and maybe those people will never change it's fine Maybe they won't learn about their mistakes and stuff, but that's not my problem. And I'm moving on, you know? Right. No, definitely. And I think that's so amazing that you did speak up that way because it's not only for you, but also for other people. I mean, like you said, they might not change, but they might. Or if another person says that, that might be, you know, another vote for something needs to change in their eyes. And the more people who speak up, the better there is a chance that they actually do something about it. So I think that's that's awesome. And I know it's hard to do that. I know I felt very uncomfortable in my exit interview, just like speaking my mind and saying, you know, everything I wanted to say. And I, I was, I did it, but it's definitely not a comfortable thing to do, especially it sounds like when you, you know, are basically speaking with someone who is affiliated with the people you're talking about, or is the person you're talking about versus talking to someone from like HR, for example, who, you know, you kind of have that filter that they're taking in the information and you assume they're going to actually do something with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. A lot of people don't have this situation where it's like a family run thing. Like other people have HR, which definitely should be a requirement for most companies. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, I said what I said. They were taking, she was taking a lot of notes and I said everything because I did care and I do care about people who are still working there. But these are things that are so important because work takes up so much of your life and you shouldn't have to hate it you shouldn't have to feel like people are against you and I believe in how jobs can definitely affect you your mental health and you can become crazy and it's just not fair like that's not a life to live and Mm -hmm. another thing is with pay like you can make more money if you switch jobs a lot of jobs won't give a fuck until you leave and that's when they're trying to retain you but it's a little too late right No, definitely. That's so true. Yeah. I didn't have specifically that situation, but, you know, when I, I had already spoken up about just how I felt in the job and just, you know, my path in the job and trying to figure out how we could make a change. But then once I said I was leaving, I had multiple people reach out to me that were like higher up in the company to try to convince me to stay, not from a pay perspective, but from more of a, what if we let you go part-time or what if, do you want to move back to Florida? We can transition you to a different office. And it was like, shouldn't this have been a conversation that had happened a while ago when I was speaking up saying I was unhappy in the job and it was clear that I was really struggling because I was sharing that. But, you know, of course it doesn't happen until I'm like, I quit, I'm done. Um, So a thousand percent definitely. And, you know, the other component too, I know you touched on this a while ago, but, you know, people think that these companies are loyal to you because you're loyal to them, but that's definitely not the case at all. And I really worked for a super amazing company. Like I would speak highly of them to this day, even though I had issues there and it wasn't the right place for me. It really was an amazing company compared to other people that I've talked to. Like, I really feel like I worked for a great company. But even with all that being said, I was told like I was supposed to get a mid-year bonus and I was told the amount of the bonus before I put my notice in. And once I put my notice in, they decided they weren't going to give me the bonus anymore, even though the bonus was for the past six months of work. Now, some people might be like, oh, yeah, obviously they're not going to give you the bonus. But the way I had viewed the company, I so thought they were going to give me the bonus. I mean, I quit in tears saying like I'm so stressed out, like my health is suffering, like I have to leave this job. I can't do it anymore. And they were just like, okay bye. You don't get your bonus then. (laughs) Like that was just so mind blowing to me from how I viewed the company. But at the end of the day, you know, people have to remember, even if it is, I mean, this is a corporate company, but it was also a very small corporate company and started family um, owned. And there was a lot of, um, for lack of better phrasing, it sounds negative, like nepotism and things like that. A lot of family members from the original family worked there throughout all the different offices 
but even to that extent, like they still, you know, I still was just an employee who was leaving that had worked there for years. And even though they, you know, spoke highly of me when I was there and tried to convince me to stay after I said I was quitting, they still weren't willing to give me the money that they told me I was going to get as a bonus for the hard work I just completed that had stressed me out to the brink of having to quit with no other job. And that to me was just like, okay, obviously I need to change my perspective of this because, you know, just because I was loyal to them and pushed myself so hard to this point doesn't mean they're going to be willing to even compensate for me um, for doing that like they said they would. So, yeah, definitely companies are not loyal back to us the way we expect them to be. Yeah, they want to pay the least for the most amount of work. For them, they're going to think about themselves, but we also need to think about ourselves and what really matters. Right, exactly. Because they're viewing it as a business and, you know, we're we're not. We're viewing it from our personal family perspective of what we need to make money to pay our bills or whatever that looks like. It's our own personal perspective. And at the end of the day, they are a business. And so, you know, we need to also make the decisions that are best for us and view. I uh, That's how I view my life now. I try to, it sounds like kind of dry, but like view my life as like a business. Like if this was a business, what would be the best decision for that? Even if it feels uncomfortable, because that helps me to make decisions that are moving me in the path that I want to go. And even though maybe it feels kind of uncomfortable or like I'm, you know, being a little bit more dry or not focusing enough on my emotions at some points, it helps me to make the right decisions for me that make me always happier in the long run. Yeah, exactly. And so from your job, you quit. Did you take a little break? Did you already have things lined up? What was what did that look like? Yeah, so I quit um, and had I, I had I had a vacation planned um, for the week after I quit that like my um, father-in-law and on my husband's side of the family had going on where it was, they were already paying for it anyways. So we still went on that. So that was kind of like my break. I told myself. Uh, and then when I got back, I was just doing Instacart shopping and pet sitting, which I mean, is extremely hard work physically, but mentally not the same as the stress I was feeling at my job. So I was happy to do that. I mean, I jumped right back into that and it's not like I was doing it per se 40 hours a week. And it took some time to build up um, you know, my profile on Rover to have enough work where I was, you know, making decent money doing that. But I just jumped right back into that and was, you know, working on YouTube and stuff when I felt like working on YouTube and, you know, gave myself some time to heal. But, you know, I, I never jumped back into another full-time job. So in a sense, like I had kind of an indefinite break because it felt like such a break, although I was working just in a very different capacity. Mm-hmm. And also, you have a husband, right? So did he also mm-hmm. help you financially during that time? So he was not making, I mean, he he's pre-med, so he's not making a lot of money. He gets paid um, minimum wage. And so when we were in D.C., he was getting paid minimum wage and wasn't even working full time. That was a big fear of mine with leaving is we were pretty much using my income to pay all of our bills. Um, but the biggest shift for me was realizing I'm really big on budgeting and love tracking my expenses and just seeing where my money's going. Um, and, you know, before, like I was making $60,000 in my job and he was making, I mean, he was getting paid like $15 an hour and working like between 20 to 30 hours a week while he was studying for the MCAT. And there was months that he took off and didn't work at all for a few months, like the year before I quit. Um, so, I mean, there was like, a huge discrepancy obviously in our pay for that reason and we were it felt like living paycheck to paycheck when I was in my job and so after I quit those next six months yes we did spend more than we made every month and I had saved up a good chunk of cash from you know my job to be able to have that happen but I realized like our expenses cut in half like we were spending like you know four thousand dollars a month before I quit or 5,000, I can't even remember what. And like, they cut down to like 2,000. Like we were literally just paying rent, bare minimum groceries. And like, that's all we were doing. And it was just wild to see how much money I had just been blowing on stuff that was just basically to help me cope with the fact that I hated my job. Like so much takeout, so much pointless shopping, just like money. I was just throwing it because I just, I had to like going on trips because I was miserable and just needed to get away. But then the whole trip, I would just be stressed out anyways. Like the whole concept was just blowing money to handle the effects of the job. And then once I quit, I was like, oh, I didn't even really notice. Like it, obviously I was trying to spend less money, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is so difficult. I'm barely spending any money. It was just like, wow, I had been spending so much money on pointless stuff. 
Um, so he was really supportive of the whole scenario, but in terms of the financial aspect, I mean, we have shared finances overall. So yes, he obviously helped because we were just splitting the bills. Um, but you know, it's not like his income was now financing me. I still had to work to basically make at least what he was making, if not more each month to be able to even get close to covering our bills. Um, but you know, it, it worked out. I mean, I've always said with our relationship that, you know, he wants to go to med school. That's he's pre-med. He just took his MCAT last summer. He's applying for med school this summer to go next year. And it's like, you know, the first couple years of our marriage is going to be very focused on, you know, you doing what you need to do to get to med school. And then obviously during that, it's going to be a big expense. So it was always like this agreed upon understood thing where I was going to make sure I'm working hard so he can do that. And then in the future, when he's a doctor, if I want to be a stay at home mom, then great. Like he'll be making good money then. And that's how we've always kind of viewed it. And so it was a difficult transition for me because I felt like we had made this promise, although we never really said it. It was just kind of unspoken, like known that that's what we were doing because he moved up to DC for me and everything. So it was like focused on my career first. So it was a difficult transition and was a really hard thing to go through together of like, wow, now we have to both be really tight on money because I wanted to quit my job and like try to do this other thing. But now I'm like, I mean, I made like $8,000 a few months in a row the past few months with freelancing. So it's like, that's like double what I was making at my nine to five job. So like, I'll take it. I've been way too stressed because I've been working too much. But, you know, now that's transition is like changing back where I'm like, okay, like, yeah, we struggled for a bit because I made this decision, but he was very supportive of it. And now, you know, it's paying off and I was able to, you know, get into something that I enjoy so much more and work towards what I want to be doing and create this life and this flexibility for myself where I can grow my brand and business and my YouTube channel the way I wanted to. Yeah, that's amazing because... I feel like a lot of people might think that you're privileged or you have your parents' money or you have a man, yeah. or you're like a sugar daddy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but no, definitely. Yeah. It's like very realistic that you feel like you work for, you know, what you earn and you know when to cut back, which I feel like a lot of people don't know when to cut back. They cannot live within their means yeah. and you just ride the wave and you had support from your husband. So I think that's very cool. And that's very inspirational that you, ultimately chose your happiness over a bullshit job which also to note when you work nine to five like most of the time there's a limit to how much money you can make but if you are in control of your money you can make more or less ever but it like comes down to your effort and at work you can work maybe six hours a week when you have a deadline but you're if you're on salary you're only going to be making so much in the month and that's it Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like that really affected my mentality on productivity when I was just working a ton to achieve some arbitrary deadline for basically the company's benefit and really no benefit to me Um, versus now there's times where I do work really hard and I'll work, you know, like a crazy, I've worked like a 12 hour day before, which is like, absolutely do not recommend. Um, (laughs) But I've done it before, but then I get paid for it. And it's like, wow, that feels great where I worked really hard to be able to do to create this concept for this client and they're super happy and it's helping their business and helping their lives change. And it's also changing mine because now I'm making this money, which is going to help fund my editor who edits my YouTube videos so that I can, you know, put more effort into that and invest my money in other ways versus, oh, I get this set paycheck every month and that's all I can really do with it. So it's definitely a different perspective, but I've also found that it's easy to then just want to work really hard if you kind of have that like mindset that I have where I'm like overachiever is kind of my at the end of the day, my, my basic way that I go with work. So I've, I've had to realize that I need to figure out that balance for myself where, you know, I'm still trying to build up sustainable income streams and passive income. Cause at the end of the day, like that's the goal, right. To be able to build that and have that flexibility. It's not just going to be me trading time for money the rest of my life. But um, so yeah, I'm trying to adjust out of that cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki is a great book to read on that concept if I don't know if you've ever read that but amazing super helpful book I've read I think his other books Rich Dad Poor Dad yeah 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 for sure yeah yeah I think he talks about the cash flow quadrant a little bit in that book and then the next book after that is the cash flow quadrant and it's like all about that but it's just basically about 
you know, the different quadrants of like employee, self-employed, business owner, investor. And it's like easy to stay on the left side of like employee or basically freelancer, self-employed, which is like where I am. Basically, you're trading time for money versus selling a system and having passive income through investing or actually owning a business. So that's like my goal is to get over to the right side of the quadrant, which is definitely really hard to do. But you know, now I have the ability to actually put time and put some of my money to invest into that versus before I felt very um, boxed in with what I was capable of even achieving outside of my job. Yeah. And you said that you worked a 12 hour day, but you can give yourself the next day off or the next two days off. Yeah. Which is amazing. Definitely. Like I have my main job salary and I have my little side. I have like two kind of side businesses. I have one that I do Instagram for this organization and they pay me pretty well. And then I have also done drafting for an interior designer. So I think it's also very important to know what you're good at and see how you can make money. Also, like Mm -hmm. people have a lot of time on their hands and they complain about being broke. We live in America. America is very abundant. I feel like for me, money is like energy and shit. And like, I don't think that I don't see things as like a limit to things. And if you're on your phone, like scrolling, wasting time, you can use that to do so many things. Like this is like a side hustle culture now. And mm-hmm. there's really no excuse to not make money. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. I think it's it's easy to forget that and get into that kind of like victim mentality mindset. I mean, I know I've been there myself. And, you know, especially when, I mean, I don't know about your background, but I know for me, like I grew up with a single mom who was just like working all the time to make $30,000 a year to raise three children. It's like my mindset was so just like you have to work and you just get your paycheck and like that's all you can do and there's like no other option and she did amazing and you know we came out great but at the end of the day I realize now that there is another way and although maybe she didn't have the ability to have that you know flexibility in that room or she didn't want to go down that path and try to figure out some other option and that was all she could do and all she wanted to do like that doesn't mean I have to do the same thing right and I feel like it's breaking those those generational boundaries of what you viewed as possible and from the way you were raised and realizing that there is other options and other ways that you can do things and we all have a different life path and experience and different personalities that mesh well with you know whatever path we go down and it's just about kind of finding that and trying different things until you find what fits like I love that you said that part of what you're doing is basically using your skills from your nine to five job and your, you know, your career and your education. But then the other thing you're doing is different. It's like social media focus. And then you obviously have this podcast, like you're utilizing different skills that you have to make money. And I think that's where people get stuck sometimes is they just focus on this like one minute area and they don't realize how many other potential skills that they have that they could be monetizing. I mean, I saw the other day someone who literally does Tinder profiles for people on Fiverr and she charges like $75 per profile to just help people have a better Tinder profile. It's like, I'm sure there's plenty of people who could do that. You know, that's amazing. Exactly. There's so many ways to make money. Like some people like to organize. Some people like to clean. You can open up a cleaning business. Right. There's so many different ways. And I believe like, even if you do have a nine to five, you should always have other sources of income. So like for me, Mm -hmm budget at all which is really bad but I want to start like making little funds for certain things and maybe the money I make for my side business that's like my travel fund right so yeah. specifically I'm working toward that and it's like incentivized and then you know and then set up this other source of income and then that can fund that and like whatever if I don't make enough in this little thing I don't buy as many clothes that month or some shit or like I start right. so there's different ways you have to think about money like things were not the way they are before and I also grew up with a single mom I don't know how she did it but the times then were different I'm sure that you know obviously back then social media wasn't a thing the internet right and we should use these opportunities to our advantage and to set us up in the long run exactly no definitely I think that's what a lot of people are realizing just how many other opportunities there are out there and so many ways to just make money on the side as well. I mean, even after I started freelancing, I kept pet sitting because it made really good money and it was super easy to do. Like it wasn't, 
that complex. I just had to fit it in my schedule and I could make, you know, an extra thousand dollars a month just by petting cats. Like, why not? You know, <laughs> like I kept doing that for a while because I love cats and it was easy money. Eventually I decided that I wanted to, you know, let that go for my energy sake of being able to put that energy into something else. But, you know, there's, there's so many ways to make money out there. And I feel like, yeah, we just don't always consider them all. I mean, I'm, I've, fall into that trap myself where I'm like, what am I even doing? Like, How am I even going to make money doing this? But like, it's there. You just have to let your brain be creative about it, which is amazing that we're in a society where we can actually do that. And we have those opportunities out there. So I love that people are realizing that and starting to take advantage of them and putting effort outside of their nine to five job into other side hustles and things like that, especially when it's something that they're passionate about or they enjoy doing as well. Like, it makes it even better. Yeah. And with the pandemic and all that also a lot of people lost their jobs or their hours got cut. So if you have this one little thing that's somewhat established, that can become your main source of income. Right. Yeah. Like if you already have it partially set up, it's going to make it so much easier if you come to that place where you have to go into a full time or you have to try to make it full time. If you do lose your job, that's such a great point. Yeah. So tell us what are your sources of income? Yeah. Okay. So let's see. At this point, my main sources of income, I mean, my top one is freelancing. I freelance in a lot of different ways. Like I don't have one set thing that I do, um, but I am doing a lot of like small business operations. So I'll help with like the back end of small businesses. I'm focusing on marketing for some of my other clients. I actually code for one of my clients. So I do a lot of different work in that area. Uh, a lot of that is at an hourly rate, but then some projects I do on a project basis and I have a website designer that I work with where I basically am client facing and I work with the client to figure out their vision. And then I work behind the scenes with the web designer to actually put that into action and make the website come to life from that. So that's another piece I do, which I really love. And I love the kind of the project way of charging your rates for clients because it just opens up so many other opportunities. Um, I also do YouTube consulting for a few different clients. I do budgeting consulting actually for some clients as well. And then YouTube AdSense is another source of income for me and then sponsorships on YouTube as well. And I think that's everything. It used to also be pet sitting, but I stopped doing that. And then of of course, like some affiliate marketing, but it's a very small amount for me. I don't haven't been pushing that as much, but that's something I want to look into more and understand more because I think there's a lot of opportunities there once you kind of have a system going with that. That's amazing because I have so many interests and I'm very creative and I do like my main job, but with the podcast, I want to eventually monetize it and start making merch and I have a blog that I've had forever, but I don't post as often as I want to or ever at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I also want to do YouTube and stuff. So it's just also fun like to do these things when you actually like it and you know how to do it and it's like on your own time yeah oh my gosh definitely I I love when the projects that I have that I just truly enjoy it's just like it's the craziest feeling when I'm like wow I'm actually making money to do this like this is especially with like YouTube consulting because that's something my best friend she lives in South Korea she has a YouTube channel and I always we've always just talked together about our channels the whole time we've been both trying to grow our channels to just brainstorm together and give each other ideas. And she always, you know, would come to me for different concept brainstorming or like, oh, which thumbnail should I use or whatever. And then now that I'm doing that for people and getting paid, it's like, whoa, that's so crazy. Just like a few years ago, I was just doing this for fun with my friend. Like, you know, back in college, we were talking about this and I just did it for free. And it's like, now I get paid to do that. It's just crazy. It's so fun. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of it, it just comes down to just starting. A lot of people ask me like, oh, how do you start the podcast? I just fucking started like that's it yeah it, that, I feel like that's the biggest hurdle is starting but yeah that is really how things start to to come to life I mean my first YouTube video I posted was I just got a notification actually it was like seven years ago and I didn't post consistently for a very very long time I only started really posting consistently after I quit my job like a year and a half ago but it's crazy just to see like if I hadn't had those you know, four or five years before I got consistent to kind of just dabble in it, it would have been so much harder for me as like a 24 year old who just quit her job to go out there and share my life on YouTube being like, I quit my job. This is why. And it was like in a very emotional video. 
I never would have done that if I hadn't already posted, you know, 20 videos beforehand over the past four years. So if you just start, like, you never know where that's going to lead. Even if right now it just feels like a fun side hobby or something you just do to share videos with your friends if you're talking about YouTube, you never know where one day you might say, you know what, I want to take this more seriously and have a video blow up and you start making money from it. Like, that's what happened to me. And I, you know, I always wanted that to happen, but it never was like a primary, primary focus for me. It was always like, that would be cool if I became monetized. That'd be fun. And then when it actually did, it was like, whoa, this is like a whole different world. <laughs> like, What am I doing? Yeah, eventually I'm going to start posting. <laughs> yes, you definitely should. Yeah, because I can't wait with, to see your channel. Yeah, with my trip, I am also going to try to do stuff like that, um, like vlogs and whatnot. But it's just fun. I don't know. Like, it's not, yeah. it does take a lot of time. But if it's something that you like and there becomes a, a positive out of it, which could be money, why not? You know? Exactly. And you can gain so many other skills from it that you didn't have before. I mean, you know, like I learned video editing and learned how to do a little bit of graphic design by making thumbnails. I learned better writing skills. Like, I mean, I was in engineering, so those are definitely not things that I really was, you know, good at at all. I always liked being creative, but I didn't have the skills to actually back that up. And now I'm like, wow, I actually, you know, I can design a website if I want to. I can, you know, create an entire YouTube video like I could you know use Photoshop like I have these other skills that I had no clue and never assumed I would be able to do at any point in my life yeah so a lot of people should there I feel like everyone has something that they have to offer people just need to tap into that and just take it to the next level and just see yeah. where it goes like there's nothing negative that can come from that unless you're like exactly money that like you should not be blowing money on you know from the beginning well but yeah <laughs> creativity or whatever just like putting yourself out there is nothing nothing bad is gonna happen right exactly yeah just like take that step take you know start small use what you already have you know like I started on my phone like you don't have to invest money into these things to start out with just to like try it out and just you know have fun with it don't take it too seriously and just yeah see what happens because you never know and if you hate it then fine you can just pretend you never did it <laughs> or yeah. look back on it fondly at that funny time you tried to post a youtube video and could not stand it you know you, but you're never going to know unless you try exactly you're not going to wonder what if if you you know if you never start theory, exactly like where you could have been and time is going to pass you by regardless <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's so true. <laughs> so where feels like you... it goes faster and faster. Yes, hundred percent. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, so on YouTube, my name is Paige West. On Instagram, I'm at pagewest.co. TikTok is pagewest.co. Those are the three main places that I'm posting right now. But YouTube is my top one, so definitely check me out over there. Leave a comment. Let me know you came from the Bad and Ambitious podcast. I'd love to, to see you on the channel. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I'll definitely link all your stuff in the show notes. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mary. Thank you. Bye. Bye.